that is uh, surrounding us is uh, always surrounding us with energetic field that is thicker and darker than our inner true spiritual one that is within. Now, even if you are surrounded with the most illuminating environment and the most inspiring surroundings like holy bookcases full with books and amazing people around you and you're in a synagogue praying to Hashem your inner light the light of your soul from within will always going to be in a higher level than the outside layer that is surrounding you even if you are wrapped with the Sefer Torah, with the scroll of Torah, your inside will always going to be attached to a higher level of holy flame. That is the eternal light of Hashem. Your soul is your connection to the maker of the universe. And that is the light that should never be dropped. Now, really to reach that light and to rise to the level of awareness to our spiritual being is an outcome of work, of effort, of labor. No one can rise to those levels without sacrifice without an effort, without dedication, without being very dedicated to the source, to the truth, to be an honest person, to be powerful, truthful, and strong with your intention and with your mindset, to overpower all the outside layers of darkness. When you rise to the higher level of your true being, the inside of your lower level becomes the outside light of that current level that you are at right now. You have an inner light and surrounding light. When you rise to the higher level, your inside of the former level becomes the outside of your next level, and you're receiving a new inner light. A new inner light, like a blooming flower, is just keep on opening and opening and opening, and the new leaves that are being open, they become external to the newer ones that are opening from within. And it never ends. And it never ends. And it never ends. And as much as you're going to dive inner and inner to find your pneumut, your inside, the highest achievements and the deepest understandings that you had one moment before, they will become your evil inclination 
in the next level. There will be the dark light that is surrounding you in the next level. So your old assumptions, your old understandings, they become your enemy when you're rising and coming closer to Hashem. And when you come closer and closer to Hashem, you rise to a place, and this is one of the most inspiring things I ever understood in my life. You become so close to Hashem that Hashem starts to agree with you and to follow you. And you become the center of the godliness and godliness is surrounding you. The verse is saying, the maker is following the ones who are fearing him. The one who are following him with truth is surrounding them, is protecting them. They become his inner light. They become the heart of Hashem. He's protecting them as his own soul. They become the soul of the maker. And when you are uniting yourself with him, and you're committing yourself to him, and you're nullifying yourself to him by being an honest person, by being a truthful person, by being a loyal person, by being a kind person, by being a person of truth, by that the world is being led by your power and your prayers are being accepted and the world is following you. And in that place, there is no good and bad anymore because sometimes a person in that place can do something that will be seen as bad, but really will be confirmed finally as total good. And that is the most overwhelming, deep teaching and understanding that I've been exposed to. Like that Rashi, the holy commentary, is writing on the last sentence of the Bible, on the last line of the Torah, that Hashem is praising Moshe for all his greatness. And on the Yad HaZakah, the strong arm of Moshe, and all the wonders that he made, in front of all the people of Israel. And this is a praise. Wonderful. Yes, Moshe did great things in front of all the people of Israel. What are all those great things? What does it mean in front of all the people of Israel? Like, what is the praise that it took place in front of all the people of Israel? And Rashi, the holy commentary that Rabbi Nachman of Breslev said on Rashi HaKadosh, Rabbi Shlomo Yitzchaki, he said on him, Rashi is the brother of the Torah. Without Rashi, we cannot understand the Torah. There's no way in the world, after I will explain to you what Rashi said, on that verse you will understand what was Rabbi Nachman's intention, like what he meant when he said that. You can never understand the meaning of the Torah without that explanation of Rashi. There, like, there is no way. No way to, to get it on your own. And Rashi said that Moshe Rabbeinu had a very strong arm, that he was able to receive the Torah, the holy tablets, the Luchot, with his hands. 
amazing power of the hand of Moshe. You need to have a strong arm to be able to carry, like really spiritually strong, to be able to grab the holy tablets and to bring them from the world to come down to earth. Like it's a big achievement. It's not something small that the person is, oh yeah, you climbed the Everest. Tiny thing compared to climbing to the sky and like fighting with the maker and taking the tablets from the maker that the Torah, the Mishnah, the Gemara are explaining that battle that was between HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the maker of the universe and Moshe Rabbeinu that to a fight between two people that two of them are holding one thing, Talit, and one is saying it's all mine, and the other one is saying it's all mine, and they're fighting for it. And then the Torah is testifying, Gavar Kochoshil Moshe. Moshe overpowered Hashem. What? Yeah. Moshe was stronger than Hashem, and he took the Torah, and by force, he took it away from Hashem. Like, it's ours, he said. It belongs to us, he said and took spiritual Torah that was handmade by the maker of the universe on a sapphire stone that is brighter than the sky, that is the peak of illumination. It's sapphire, the, the, the Rashba is writing in the introduction to Sefer Yetzirah on Evena Sapir, on that sapphire stone, Sapirit. it's a spirit. The sapphire stone is called sapphire because that it is a spirit. That's what he's writing. He's writing in Hebrew. And he's bringing that sapirit word that is spirit in English just for our eyes to be brightened. It's a spirit, to a spiritual stone. On that, the maker imprinted, wrote with the finger of God, the Ten Commandments, first time. The heart of the maker been reflected into creation, spiritual stone that was totally spiritual with no physicality at all. And Moshe took it, overpowered Hashem and grabbed it and said, it's mine. Fought with the angels that the angels stood and said, why a person who was born from a woman what is he doing here among us? And Hashem told him, hold my throne of honor and answer them. Moshe told him, but they will kill me. They want to burn me with their um, breath. Hashem told him, hold my throne of honor and answer. You can do that. And Moshe fought with them and answered them. The great and right answers. We're not going to get into it right now. But when Moshe went down from Mount Sinai with the holy tablets, the sight in front of his eyes was a gang of sinners dancing around the golden calf, calling and attempting the children of Israel to join them in their wicked dance around that living idol made of 
black magic spells trying to fail the camp trying to fail the holy nation of israel to join their ridiculous avodazara idols worshiping ceremony and when moshe saw that he took that decision that in the eyes of history in the eyes of generations we find it justified but in that moment that he took that decision it was the most impossible decision to be taken and he decided to take the holy tablets that he just gained with the greatest labor and to smash them down to the ground an impossible act to be done no one in the world can do that you will never find a righteous man like Moshe to receive something so precious that there is nothing more precious than that in the world it's it's more precious than life itself it's 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 not a child it's the life of existence of the whole world of all children of all living creations depend on all life forms receives their life from the torah akadosh baruch Hu looked at the torah and created the world the torah is the soul of hashem the first word in the tablets is anochi adonai lohecha the word anochi is the capital letters of four words ana nafshi ketavit yahavit i wrote my spirit to you and gave it to you Hashem gave us his own spirit. It's the soul of Hashem. The Torah is the soul of Hashem. It's something that no one can understand. And Moshe is holding that precious heart of the maker and smashing it down to the ground. It's like you, you, all of us would shoot ourselves in the head and not do that. Like, all of us would take our own lives in our own hands, not to come to that to hurt the heart of the maker. Like, no, that's not a thing to do. You don't do that. The maker, the maker, the maker, like, no word that can, can explain who the maker is and his heart nothing to be discussed not a conversation to talk about but moshe took that wild crazy decision smashed the tablets down to the ground and on that and this is the interpretation of rashi on the last verse in front of the eyes of all the people of israel moshe broke the tablets rashi is saying that is the final praise that the Torah is signing itself, that Hashem is signing the Torah with the praise of Moshe, that Moshe took that upon himself in front of all the people of Israel to smash the heart of Hashem, to smash the Torah down to the ground, to smash the first and only and final expression of the unconditional love of the loving kindness of existence highest level of expression in front of millions of people the highest highest core of goodness 
to smash it down to the ground, took it upon himself. And that is the praise, and Rashi is quoting that the Gemara is saying, that Hashem finally agreed to what Moshe did, and Hashem said to Moshe, Yeshar kochacha You are praised worthy for breaking the tablets. You did the right thing. He was not commanded to do so. No one will ever be commanded to smash the Torah. No one can ever be commanded to do something like that. No commandment can, can come out to the world and say those things. Take the life of the maker and smash it to the ground. Take the happiness of, of God and kill it. Like you cannot, it's impossible. It's not something that can be commanded. And Moshe did it and Hashem agree with him and confirmed that it was the right thing to do. And the Torah is choosing to mention that as the final praise of Moshe, that that was his act He's the greatest act of Moshe, that he did that to break the holy tablets in front of all the people of Israel. Now, what is the lesson? What is the lesson for us? For me, what is the lesson? Dror Moshe, what are you learning from that? That that is the greatest, greatest praise when you dare to take your old achievements, your highest achievements, and to understand that there is a higher level than that. That there is a higher level even than from the level of being commandment, commanded, and following the commandments. There is a higher level than that. And on that the Gemara is saying that even a person who is sinning and his intention is for Hashem, higher is a mitzvah, for higher is a felony, a sin, for Hashem, than a mitzvah, but not for Hashem. And again, a mitzvah that once was for Hashem in the earlier layer, in the earlier level, today can be no longer for Hashem. And something that was considered a sin, like breaking the Torah, can be considered a mitzvah in the higher level. There is a place that things flips, that things go into wilderness and you're totally gone. And if you're not totally clean, and if you are not totally dedicated to the truth with all your heart, you will never know what to do. You will never know how to choose. Because no one will stand there and tell Moshe, hey, you should smash the Torah. No one can tell you smash the Torah. There is no one that is able to command no one to do so. It's only your heart that will tell you. And on that Rashi is saying on Moshe, that his heart took him, that his heart carried him to make that act, to do that thing. The heart of Moshe told him to do so. And why was he able to count on his heart? Because his heart was always dedicated to Hashem. He purified and cleansed and cleaned his heart to such high levels that he knew 
that his heart will always going to tell him only what that is right and best for Hashem. That was Moshe's heart. So he could count on that kind of a heart. And me and you are able to rise to that level because Moshe, when he did that, he did that in front of all the souls of Israel. And the Torah was given to the souls that were standing there and to the souls that were future to come. And it's us. Those are us. And that thing that happened in front of our eyes happened in front of our eyes for us to be educated by that, to know that the redemption depends on us, that we will go with our hearts, that we will follow our inner light, our inner understanding, the voice of our hearts. So if you want to know what to do, you need to educate yourself and train yourself always to look for what Hashem wants you to do and then to go all the way doing it, all the way doing it, all the way, all the way, all the way. And then you will always going to choose right. But no one can tell you how to choose and what to choose and what is right and what is wrong because you are rising from one level to the next. And in the next level, what that seemed to be right in the earlier level seems like the worst thing to do right now. And things that looked horrible suddenly going to be considered as a mitzvot right now. There is no one to count on except for Hashem. And there is no one you can count on except of your heart when you know that your heart is dedicated to Hashem. So work hard as much as you can to dedicate your heart to Hashem. And don't listen to nothing that goes on outside. And only pull sparks from outside to the inside. And count on your Amen. Can you hear that song, Rob? All your might, with all your power, with all your energy, with all your passion, and you shall succeed. Thank you so much. This is Sunday, and on Sunday we have questions and answers. If you want to ask something, I would love to answer, of course. Those questions are being asked by our friends in the Amuna Circle, our great um, members and only circle of Amuna, our supporters and friends. And we're happy to share those wonderful live classes um, with the world on all the rest of social media outlets. But if you want to join us, and to become a member and help us to increase the level of goodness in the world and to spread the light out to the nations and to the whole world, contact us at infoitemuna.com. Or that uh, you can just uh, swim in the sea of, uh, of, uh, of internet and search emuna.com, E-M-U-N-A-H.com and find the Muna Circle as one of our services and join us through there. Yes, do we have a question? Yes, David. I actually didn't have a question, yet. but uh, yet. But I do have like an understanding of what you said with how Moshe smashed the tablets. My mom recently asked me, happy Mother's Day, by the way, to all the mothers. 
my mom recently asked me, uh, why is it that when Moses came down from the mountain the second time, his face was shining so bright that people couldn't even look at him. But when he came down the first time, it wasn't shining so bright. And uh, I thought about this lesson that you gave off many times. And what I told her was the power of truva. Like what, when God told Moses to descend because his nation was sinning, Moses essentially like went all the way with that. And he got to that place where he, like you said, smash the tablet, something that nobody else would even think to do. It's the chutzpah level is like beyond us. But he, his heart was so purified to the point that, like you said, he understood Hashem's true will. But what he did was that he put himself on the same level as the rest of Am Yisrael, that when God then came to Moses and told him, I'm going to wipe out the nation, he was able to look at Hashem and say, take me out first. And because Hashem loved Moses so much, he forgave Moses. But now because Moses was on the same level as all of us, he had to forgive all of us at the same time. And now Moses rose up again on the mountain from that place of going down. And we know that a descent is only for the sake of a greater ascent. And that's why Moses reached an even higher level when he went back up. Uh, and that's why his face is shining. That's what I told him. That's you what see what's saying. going on here, guys? Do you <laughs> see? We need to we need to open a space. And uh, David, it's time for you to start giving classes. Okay? That's it. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Okay? Is it you, you're wasting your breath. Okay? This uh, Thank God that this was a, a recorded conversation. Um, I hope that your next conversations will be recorded as well. Okay, there are flocks on flocks of uh, of pure souls who are thirsty to hear speeches and um, and you are needed to join us in the front uh, front line thank you for brightening our eyes with this great wonderful wisdom precious than gold and um, from pearls and sweeter than honey and sugar as well thank you so much Tada. We have someone wants to ask a question. Please don't feel uncomfortable. Any kind of question where I bought that shirt, who made my kippah, like any kind of question, like whatever you want to ask, ask. Hilary, you want to ask something? Um. Okay. Yeah, people don't have questions. They know and they okay. know. I know. I know. I know already. For sure not. For sure not. <laughs> um I have a question. It's uh, so it's a bit specific, but uh, I'm curious just what your thoughts sort of in general. Um, let's say like blessing, like food blessing, right? But like you're in a situation that already sort of makes it not make sense, whether it's where you're you're at a restaurant that's not specifically kosher or, you know, how it got here wasn't exactly right. But I'm still taking this water and I want to bless it like to be in honor and gratitude. But it's not the most legit way that this water got here. I've been told that you're not really supposed to do a blessing because it's not really right. On the other hand, it feels a bit like, but for me in this situation, it's still more right to bless the water. Mm 
And so I'm just like curious, is it like then to, to come up with my own blessing, but you don't say exactly the right blessing, or this is up to each person, or what are your thoughts on this? I'm I'm just wondering in which situation a person should not say bracha if something is not kosher, like okay. pork, like ham, like shrimps. Okay, yeah. you cannot say bracha on that. That's definitely you cannot say bracha on something that was mentioned as a curse but when that no another thing that you cannot say bracha on it a blessing on it is something stolen if this water that you now received are stolen they're not belongs to you they belong to someone that is not happy that you're drinking it okay. he wants the water back like he doesn't want you to enjoy it it's his then this is something that you cannot say bracha on because again there is a curse here and you cannot say a blessing on a curse because it's to even not respect the fact that the person is cursing for taking what that belongs to him like we're like no it's ours now and we're going to bless no you cannot it's like it's rudeness it's it's very rude but as long as the food is not stolen and you paid for it or it was given to you in grace, like with fun, like, okay, enjoy it. It's yours now. Eat as much as you want. Drink as, as much as you want. And it's kosher. There is no reason in the world that comes up to my mind that can stop you from blessing, except for, for an example, if the place stinks, if there is horrible odor, bad smell over them of bathroom like sewer something like that impossible to say bracha again you cannot say a blessing in a place that there is something so filthy that is also as a curse so but in any other normal balanced situation that there is normal food kosher food regular food like vegetables whatever drinks they like Except for blood, all drinks are kosher. So it's like you can say bracha, you can say the blessing upon it, definitely, with no doubt. Do you have any scenario that is not right to say bracha that on it you're asking? Because I'm assuming that there are going to be some like radical halachic opinions to say, oh no, in this case you don't say bracha, in this case you don't say bracha, in this case. I don't know about that. Right. When you have the chance to say thank you to Hashem on food and on drinks, and it's kosher, and it's legit, yeah. with all your heart, Baruch, Atah, Hashem, Elokeinu, Melech, HaOlam, Shakol, Niyabed Baruch, happily, joyful, yeah. saying the bracha. Makes sense. Thank you. Do we have another question? We'd love to hear another couple of questions. I have a question. Please. What is your best advice for when you're going into the descent? Um, like, what do you do to deal or strengthen yourself, like, as quick as possible, I guess you could say? I want you to ask the question again. I don't know if I can exactly repeat what I just said, but I will say, like, what is your like best advice for how to handle or like 
what I mean, I know it's always like um, getting close to Hashem, but I'm just, I guess, looking for encouragement. What other people do when you're going like through the descent to reach the ascent again, like the holy way to do it, I guess. Is what I'm so first of all, I thank you so much for asking the question. I will say that first of all, the person should understand that he has a soul. You have a soul. And that soul is godliness. It does not belong to this world. It's foreign to physicality. It's foreign to, to earth. It's foreign to colors. It's foreign to all kinds of shapes and tastes and flavors and smells. It's, it's totally eternal, infinite, with, with no shapes, with no dividings at all. It's endless. It's it's. It's infinity itself. It's a soul. Now, that part, that door, that inner access lives within you. And you need to dive into it. Now, let's compare that inner point of your soul to the city of Yerushalayim, Jerusalem. Okay? Now, you need to get to Jerusalem. You need to rise to the temple of Hashem, to the mount of Hashem. Now, one lives in LA, one lives in New Jersey, one lives in Bangkok, one lives in Egypt. They all need to get to Jerusalem. They all need to get to the Temple of Hashem. Now, they all need to go in opposite directions for the same target, for the same goal, to get to Yerushalayim. One needs to go to the east, one needs to go to the west. One needs to go to the, to the north. Everyone needs to go in a different direction, but they're all aiming to the same spot. So now, how will you know? You need to tune your compass. You need to rise the level of your self-awareness to the voice of your soul, and you need to learn how to hear it. And for that, the person must speak with himself for hours and meditate for hours. And when I'm saying hours, I'm talking about hours on hours on hours. And if all day long you're busy with errands and with kids and with business and with works and with obligations and with duties, even though I understand you and I have compassion for you, you won't make it. You won't make it to that high level of spirituality that high level of self-awareness required for it. You can be a very righteous person. You can be a very good and wonderful human being. But to learn and get skills in godliness, for that you need a very high level of self-awareness. And for that you need to have a daily, daily meditation and daily hitbodedut and daily time with yourself and with your soul quietly, or else you won't get there. And again, you can be a very good person, but you must spend time on spirituality, on self-awareness, on building vessels of hearing the voice of your soul and talking and clarifying which voice is coming from my fears, which voice is coming from my angers, which voice is coming from my psychological patterns and like habits of way of thinking and it's not really my inner voice just my 
my uh, my thoughts are talking the noise of my brain the old recordings of old situations that i experience in this lifetime or in an earlier one and there are hundreds of thousands of layers that needs to be peeled so for that the person needs to have hundreds of thousands of moments of connection with the maker for him to be able to penetrate into that endless spring of knowledge that place is called days of kedem ancient days in the heart of every person ancient days it's called the akashi um library it's the ancient library of true knowledge it's ancient before time and you have access to it the fact and evident that you have access to it is that you are alive if you are alive it it means that you can swim on that wave of life of yours that you're alive that you're living and catch that wave like a surfer into infinity into the depth of the ocean into the heart of the ocean like like all the right the righteous ones like that they did it they like literally took the wave and swam they they allowed the wave of their soul to lead them into their source of infinity and no one can guide you to that place no one people can shine that light towards you can inspire you to do so but you must do it on your own and they're doing it on your own and it will never be on solid ground solid ground does not exist in those places it's always walking on water it always seems as water and then being confirmed to be pure marble stone that seems as water but it looks as water it always looks as if you walk up on water but really you're walking on pure marble stone that is source of trust trusting Hashem the invisible God <laughs> thank you someone else have a question please I don't please. have a question but I just wanted to say thank you very much because I find myself explaining Hebrew words to people and I can sing the whole Anabakoach song with you really well too. And, <laughs> and I listen to you all day, you and Prince, of course, but, and then, and, and it's just you and me and us. And, and I just wanted to say thank you because it's, it's all day, every day. And I'm really appreciative. And for the last three years, it's your face I look for. In in the in the one thousand years of redemption, we all gonna dance for for thousands and thousands of long hours and days in the temple of Hashem in great circles, and we will all praise Him for this wonderful moments of uh, of grace of His grace, and we are waiting and expecting Mashiach to show His loving face upon us. I'm gonna tell you a tiny thing. I did not have anything to do with that. I can swear you on that. 
but I spoke with a person who lives in Europe and he brought a friend and the reason he brought the friend to the conversation was because he wanted to that his friend will share a dream he had with me now that friend is like is his friend he's not like my student he's his friend and he started to talk to me and he's talking and telling me and on and on and on that he had a dream and he saw there were like there was a bloodshed and people were saved and there was a great illumination and there was a war and a battle, whatever. Like he had a very vivid, clear dream that was like describing redemption, like fight between darkness and light, good and bad and all. And then like suddenly the person, like while he's talking to me, he got like scared and he said, like, I don't know what to tell you. I told him what? He said, now I'm realizing that the face of Hashem that I saw in my dream was your face, but was all bright and, and illuminated with light. But it was your face. And I like, how can that be? And he's looking at his friend and he's asking him, how can that be? And that friend also told me, the same friend, that he has a friend that she's Iranian and she's a very spiritual woman. And she once had a dream. And in that dream, Hashem spoke with her. And when Hashem spoke with her, like she, like she wanted to share that with me. And then she, want, she wanted to share that with him. She shared it with him. And then he told her, you know, I want you to hear a class. And he opened YouTube and pushed play and was one of my classes. He wanted her to hear me talking about redemption. And she screamed. She started to scream. And she to he told her, like, why are you screaming? She said, that is the man that I saw in my dream. That is the man that I saw in my dream. Now, like I said, me, I'm not involved in that. I don't do any spooky things. I don't know. I don't walk into people's dreams. I swear. <laughs> I'm not doing these kind of things. I don't know how to do those things. But Hashem definitely likes me very much and appreciates my effort towards the souls of Israel and using my face and my words to open gates for people to come closer to him. So thank you, Elizabeth, for your wonderful words. And thank you, Hashem, for choosing us to be your messengers to deliver true light out to the world, to your innocent and beautiful souls and children that are out there thankful and grateful and happy to be here and everyone you're more than welcome to join us our great work our wonderful efforts in the emuna project emuna.com e-m-u-n-a-h.com join us emuna circle tomorrow we're going to have a class tuesday we're going to have a class wednesday we're going to have a class and it's going to be great thank you so much and may hashem bless us all as one May all our prayers and requests will be answered in no time. Amen.